Anyway, good to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you here. They must have heard I was teaching tonight. We're kind of down on numbers. If they do, I don't blame them. But, uh, y'all pray for me. I've been trying hard all week, well, ever since last week, trying to figure out what I want to teach on tonight. And I came home a little bit early this evening. I almost changed it then, but I think it's going to be all right. But uh, So y'all pray for me. Anyway, I got a song that goes along with this, so I'm going to try to sing it. Let me find my words here first. I don't try that anymore with our words. Empty. 
no one wants to work in my field. No one wants to work in my Isn't that sad? That's sort of the way we are, aren't it? That's, uh, every one of us is guilty of that. We like to stay here where it's nice and friendly and calm and quiet, but we need to be telling the lost world about Jesus. And uh, thank God for salvation tonight. I'm thankful that I was saved as an early young man, 11 years old. I haven't always lived for God the way I should, but he forgives me of my sin. I've never doubted my salvation, and I know that one day he's coming back. He's coming soon. And I'll be going home to be with him. And uh, pray that every one of you will be going along with me. And we'll all have a great time with the Lord in heaven. Good to see my old buddy Larry here tonight. I praise the Lord for him. Glad things are going well for him. Um, so y'all pray for me tonight. Um, turn your Bibles. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. I don't ever get nervous till after I sing. So now I'm a little bit jittery, a little bit nervous, son. But uh, I'm a little bit weird, but that's okay. See, I'll take your Bibles and turn there. We're going to look tonight about um, praying for the harvest, trying to see the harvest through God's eyes. And uh, we look at that here. Let's take time to read 35 through 38. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and, they were, and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time we have to come here tonight. Lord, I don't take this, uh, I take it seriously, Lord. It's hard to stand here and try to teach to people who know probably more than I do. Lord, but I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this place we have to come and worship you. Lord, I thank you for Jesus, our Savior, who died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, that we could have salvation, and one day we'll be with him in heaven. Lord, I pray that you help me tonight. Calm my nerves, Lord. Help me not to say anything that I shouldn't. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill me and help me to say things that I need to say. Give me the illustrations I need. Lord, I'm a needy person, and I just lean upon you tonight and pray that you'll help us here tonight and pray that each one will get something out of the lesson here tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look at this, and we look at this text, we see a very specific prayer request mentioned there in verse 38. It says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. When I always read that verse, I always think about that, that he would send laborers will... I'm one of the laborers. Uh, pray that he will send me. That's what we're looking at right here tonight, looking at he will send us. You know, a lot of us uh, do a little bit of gardening. A lot of us do some big gardening. Some people do uh, some farmers in here that does real big gardenings. And 
we look at the harvest. You know, there comes a time you plant expecting that God will give you an increase. And then if you've got a big old garden or you've got a big harvest and the Lord really blesses you with rain and sunshine and a good season, you may have more than you can ever handle yourself. So when you think about that, a farmer, what's he do? Well, I mean, what's he do? You get so much stuff and you can't find any help. You know, good help's hard to find these days, isn't it? I mean, we all know that. You can't find anybody who wants to do anything. People don't want to work anymore. But that's sort of the situation with churches today. We have all this, we have this wonderful place to come here and worship. We have the people. But people don't want to go out and work for the Lord. And uh, I'm guilty of it sometimes. I mean, we all are. We could all do so much more, couldn't we? We could go out and tell others about Christ. Well, in this passage, Jesus described a similar situation like a field. I mean, the field is ready to harvest. He talks about the souls. God's children are, is the harvest. We are the harvest. And there's a harvest out there, a multitude of people. The, wheels, the fields are white unto harvest. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in this world that's lost tonight. And uh, I know that. And because I was one one time, but I praise the Lord that I, I'm a new man now. I've been saved and on my way to heaven, but that isn't enough. We need to pray for the lost people around us. And it says here that Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, if this church isn't full, full, full of compassion, we'll never do anything for God. Because I'm telling you, until you get to a point that you're really compassionate about something or someone you'll sit at home I need to go see somebody I need to go see so and so I ought to do that but mm, I'll go do it tomorrow you know hell's going to be full of people that are procrastinators who put things off don't put that off you have a friend today you have a loved one you got a brother or a sister or you got a child or you got who is it I don't know who it is in your life but there's people I know that need the Lord don't put it off I mean there is no guarantee of tomorrow the Bible says we have today. We, that's all we have is what we have right now. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never get here. We may die before we leave this place tonight, or Jesus may come. He may step out on the cloud and tell them, bring my children home, and that will be a blessed day. But it's going to be a sad day for a lot of people, a lot of people not going. Not everybody goes to heaven. Regardless to a lot of these funerals you go and hear preached in churches, not everybody goes to heaven. It's just those who are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about that. I was listening to something today. You know, God can't overlook sin. You know, we have a lot of churches today that um, they preach the love of God and praise God he does love us. If he didn't love us, he would never had enough compassion to have come and died for us on the cross. But it's not all about just love. It's about God's wrath. One day he's going to pour out his wrath on this country, on his people. And uh, it's going to be a sad day. But, you know, we need to realize... The first number thing I want to look at here tonight, we need to have care for people who are lost. The second thing we'll look at is we need to realize how great the number of lost people really is. And we need to pray to God that he sends more workers into the field to reach lost people. And we need to rely upon God to do his work. That last part of that verse right there, it all comes down to God. He's the one that does the saving. He's the one that does the taking home. And he's the one that makes people's hearts right. But we have to do our part. You know, we can stay here in this church the rest of our life, and it's not too many people who's just going to walk right in here and sit down and want to get saved. We need to invite them. We need to talk to people. We need to bring them into this place. But there was a comparison here. He cared for other people. How much do you care for other people today? you care enough for them to tell them about Jesus Christ? You know, there was a long time in my life, I'll admit, that I was scared to tell somebody about Jesus I don't know why that is. I know it's just the, the demonic influence in this world is what it is. He don't want you to tell anybody about Christ. 
But when I think about what he's done for me in my life, I ought to want to tell somebody else that they could come to know Jesus Christ. I love that peaceful feeling when I pillow my head at night. I don't have to worry about whether I wake up in the morning or not. I mean, it'll be a good thing. But if it don't, I'll wake up in a better place. So don't y'all ever cry for me if I leave this world. Y'all just say, oh, Danny boy, he's gone. But, uh, there's a better place. But he went throughout the country proclaiming the good news, and he was healing people. It says here he healed everybody he come in contact with. You know, I'd like to have seen Jesus in those days just to see what he could do and watch him. But, you know, a lot of people, they worshipped him for the miracles. They didn't worship him for who he was. They loved what he did. They followed him around, see what he's going to do next. What's the next big thing that Jesus is going to do? He ministered to them. He met their needs. And how about you today? Has he met your needs? He sure meets mine every day. It's not always what I want, but he gives me what I need. And I praise the Lord for that. But he proclaimed the truth of God's word to them. So why did Jesus have compassion on any of us? Why did he have compassion on this great multitude of people that he saw? Because he could see beyond their needs. He could see the end of their life dropping into a devil's hell. And, you know, they can sugarcoat it all they want, all they want but if you're not ready to meet Jesus, you'll die and go to a devil's hell, and you'll uh, be in torment the rest of you forever and forever and forever. As much as heaven's going to be forever, hell's going to be forever also. But he loved them because they were lost. They were distressed. They were helpless. You know, sort of like a hurt animal. You ever seen an old deer that's been hit along the road, and his back's broken, and he's lay there, and all he can do is raise his head up, and he can't do anything. He's helpless. Well, that's the way Jesus saw these people. Without Jesus Christ, we're all helpless, we're all hopeless, but he saw their need, and he met their needs, and he prayed for them, and he was moved with compassion. Compassion, I didn't really look up the definition, but that's something that happens within you. That's within your heart, within your gut, something that you really care for somebody. And I praise the Lord, he gives us those kind of feelings. But Jesus said these people were like sheep without a shepherd. And you, know, you can imagine what that is. A sheep, sheep is a vulnerable animal. You turn them loose by themselves, they won't last very long. There's a lot of coyotes, a lot of bears, there's all kind of things. They'll kill those animals, they'll take them and slam them to the ground, they'll be dead, or they'll be useless. And that's the way Jesus saw this multitude of people. He saw them that they were dead. They were dead in their sins. They were dead in trespasses and sins. And that's where we all were till we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. And all these predators, we're so vulnerable you think about the world today. There's so much out there. There's so much evil in this world. There's so many things you can get caught up in. Just praise the Lord this morning, tonight, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're living for him and get these, all this baggage out of our life. It's so much stuff. But, uh, you know, God can do that for us. But there's all kind of predators out there after us. Uh, Ezekiel 34, verses 5 and 6. I'll turn there. Y'all can if you want to. I'm going to be there but just a second. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Let's see here. I should have marked it. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 5 and verse 6. We ain't going to be long night either. That'll make y'all feel good. It said, And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. You know, and that's the way we are before we come to know Jesus Christ. We are just a bunch of people scattered out, just heading who knows where. 
And we're all vulnerable people. So Jesus was concerned for the people. He cared for them. And I wonder today, how much of a concern do we have like that today? Are we really concerned? Do we really, do we really care about other people? I mean, search your heart tonight. This is, a, this is a, just a, a personal question. Do you care about anybody, honestly? You know, what usually happens, uh, yeah, we get saved. I get saved, and then I marry a Christian wife, and we're saved, and that's, that's good enough for me right now. And then we have children. We want to make them, we want to see them get saved. And then after that, we just kind of roll along. That's not enough. We need to pray for others. We need to, we need to help others. But how much do we care tonight? You know, we all want growth in our church. We want more people here. But what are we doing about it? How much do we really care about it? You know, I'm thinking today, people are so gospel-hardened, they've heard so many teaching and so many preaching on this, this subject right here about going out and bringing them in, worrying about the world, trying to see them come to know Christ. And I think we just kind of just, we've heard it, we've heard it, and we'd, it doesn't affect us much anymore. We've become cold to it. So do we have compassion for the lost? Do we care for those who are hurt and helpless without the shepherd? So who will care enough to seek after the lost sheep? Will we help do that? Will we help God do that? Do we care enough? You know, as I was studying this today, uh, I came home and I almost changed it. But I got home a little bit early. I wanted to go over it a little bit. Um, I started teaching the book of Revelation, so I've been devoting all my time to that, and I hadn't uh, really figured out what I wanted to do much. But I was doing this lesson, and a young man come to my, uh, to my mind. And I'm thinking, so do you really care for him? Do you really love, you have any compassion on him? So I put it all down, I went to see him today. And I told him about Jesus, and I told him about his life. And I invited him to come to Christ. And in his own way, I prayed. He wanted me to pray with him. I prayed with him. He and his son was there. And uh, it was a good visit. But I can't really tell you tonight that he came to know Christ. But he was, he was really close. And I don't know. And I gave him a, tr a track. I told him, you read every bit of this. It'll tell you anything that I didn't tell you. So y'all pray for him. I'm not giving his name. I'll tell you later. When he comes and sits with me in church, I believe he'll be here. And uh, he told me he would. So... But I, I'm just saying, you know, we can talk is cheap, and it's easy. We can talk all we want to about compassion. We can talk about how much we love people. We can talk about how important they are to us. But until you put legs on it and go see them, you really, you just, it's just talk. I'm afraid it's just talk, and I've talked a whole lot in my life. I could get an amen on that, I'm sure. But uh, Jesus saw the end of their existence, of these people's lives, eternity in hell. But then the second thing I want to look at is to realize the greatness of the harvest. Jesus saw the potential of the harvest. Jesus' compassion for the hurt and helpless people motivated him to do something about it. So if we don't have compassion, we'll never get anywhere with it. Yeah, we can talk about it. We can do a lot of things. But if we don't have compassion, this church will never be full. Yeah, sure, we can bring one in now and then and one now and then and leave. And churches like that everywhere. But if we had true compassion, this church would be full. Every church up and down the road here would be full. And there would still be thousands of people out there without Christ. But we've got to have a compassion for them. God's people are his harvest. The harvest Jesus was mentioning here in Matthew was no ordinary harvest. This was a big harvest. He looked out over the multitudes, and there was hundreds of people. I don't know how many were there, but there were so many people. 
And I, as I look around today and I talk to people, there's, there's a lot of people without Christ in them. And I mean, there's a lot of good people. And there's a lot of people who do know Jesus. And I praise the Lord for that. But there in verse 37, again, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And we all know that. And we all know that we could do a lot more in our church, and we could, uh, it shouldn't have to be a few people doing all the work. But it's like that pretty much in every church. There should be a lot of people here tonight. This is a Wednesday night service. Um, it's what you do, isn't it? This is your church. That's what you do. But there's a lot of people who need to know Jesus Christ, who need to become part of our church community. And if each one of us would reach one this year, we could double this church. That's not a whole lot, is it? Wouldn't that be something if each one of us would just reach one, just bring one, just have one? God has to do the saving. Sure, certainly, we can do our part, but God has to, the Holy Spirit has to draw them to salvation. Praise God for the Holy Spirit, the sweet Holy Spirit of God. But there are many people near us who need to know Jesus Christ. There's so many people right now lost without hope. And that's what we all are before we come to know Jesus Christ. We have hope now. I'm looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, each one of us. And one day he's coming home. The harvest is great, but where are the workers? You know, if the church mission is to reach lost people for Christ and disciple them to become followers of Jesus Christ, I wonder why we don't have a lot of people in the pews today. We're not doing our part. I'm telling you, I don't do my part. I need to do much more for Jesus Christ. We have to work for it. If we want to see this church grow, we want to see this church, you know, and it's not so much maybe by the numbers. We need to grow spiritually. You know, there ought to be a compassion in this church. We ought to have care for one another, and I think we do a pretty good job of that. But we could do more. We need to love one another. When we have a brother that's hurting or a sister that's hurting, we need to put our arm around them and tell them we care for them, pray for them. I hope you all pray for me. I try to pray for you. But the harvest is plentiful. But as Jesus indicated in this passage, the workers are few. So what shall we do? The third part of this in there in verse 37, again, we'll read it one more time. It said, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Jesus saw the problem of the harvest. Yeah, I mean, I could, uh, it's just like the example there. You know, God uses symbols and he uses a lot of things to teach us things, parables and all that. I could have a field full of corn, but if I don't have anybody to help me gather it in, it's going to go to waste. And that's what's going to happen to our country. We've watched it go down the tube, and it's because, y'all know what our problem is? You know what the trouble with this country is? It's me. It's you. It's each one of us. We might as well face that. God doesn't overlook sin. It's every one of us. We need to do more. The harvest is great. It is plentiful. But there is a problem. It involves the workers of the harvest. You know, if you had acres and acres of a harvest, it's no good to you if you can't get it in. Just let it rot. Let it go to, let it go to nothing. And that's what we're doing in our churches, I'm afraid. We're letting them just go to nothing because we're not putting more effort into it. But we got all these little ones. We've got to make sure they come to know Jesus Christ. I'm telling you one thing I tell everybody. If I leave this world without a penny in my pocket, if I could get to heaven and all my children and grandchildren there, I'd consider myself a wealthy man. But as the Bible says, we can spin our wheels the rest of our life trying to chase a dollar. And if we leave this world with our pockets full of money, what have you gained if you lose your own soul? I'm telling you, we better be busy. 
But a lot of it would go to waste if it wasn't for the workers. So where are the workers today? Am I doing my part? I have to say I don't do my part. So there in verse 38 says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. So who is the Lord of the harvest? <laughs> that's our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to pray to him. Anything that we do in this church, anything that's going to mount anything, it'll be because of God and because of Jesus Christ. It won't be because of our efforts because I know the Bible says all my, all my goodness is like filthy rags before a holy and righteous God. Our God is holy and our Jesus. He loves us so much. He died for us. We need to do more. So when you read this, what does Jesus tell us to do? He says pray. In this whole passage, there is only one command that Jesus gives us. It is to pray. Each one of us could do better at praying. And I'll tell you, I heard some good preacher, I forgot which one it says, all failures are prayer failures. It's because we don't pray. We need to pray more. Yeah, I'm not diligent enough in my prayer life. I'll admit that. But we need to pray to God. He will send more workers into the field to reap the harvest. So when you do pray that prayer, he's going to call on you. Yeah, you say, Lord, we need more workers here. We need some more workers here. And he's going to point his finger at me and say, well, get busy. <laughs> you be the leader. You know, a lot of times we like to put all that on the preacher and on the teachers or the ones that already are doing a lot of stuff. Certainly our preacher needs to, to do his part of witnessing and going out and visiting. And uh, deacons, I fail it so much. I need to go out and tell others about Christ. But each one of us are the laborers. Each one of us can do our part. We can't expect a preacher to do it all. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. The master of the field is calling for more workers into the field. Jesus commissioned his disciples, his disciples to help him in his work. And this work was motivated by a great compassion for people. So if we don't have compassion, we're never going to amount to anything. We need to uh, ask God to help us. See if I'm on the right page here now. <laughs> so whatever we do, we have to rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the harvest. God doesn't need us. I'm telling you, I listened to something again today. It was very powerful. I need to let you all listen to it sometime. But it made me realize God doesn't need me. God is self-sufficient. He doesn't need any one of us. He wants us. He wants each one of us to work for him. He wants to love us. But you know, we've all heard that churches don't grow because of the preacher. But it's our, 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 uh, what we need to get after. We need to do our part. We are God's servants, each one of us. So God gives to the church leaders, such as pastors, teachers, and equips the rest of us to do our part. So we need to rely upon the Lord of the God for the harvest. So this is a prayer to God. This is a prayer for him to send more workers. This is a prayer for his workers to work in his field. Every one of us, we need to do our part. He's called us to, to pray. He's called us to go. He sends us. And we could see this world turned upside down. There could be another revival in this country. Certainly we all know that Jesus is coming soon. It's been 2,000 years since he promised his next return. He's coming. But there could be a revival. There could be a revival in this church. There could be a revival in my heart. That's where the revival needs to start. So we need to do this by relying on God of the harvest. So... What have we learned about prayer so far? We ought to do it. And what can we take away from these few little things I've probably butchered? I told you about it. But it's God's word. Let God's word help each one of us. Here's a few things we can do. We should care for the lost people of our community. There's a lot of people out here. I have a lot of friends. And, uh, 
You know, the Bible says if you want to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. Be friendly. You've got to be friendly before you can win some people to Christ. You've got, you got to get close to them. So uh, pray that God will give you a compassionate spirit for those who do not know Jesus Christ. In your workplace, when you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, they say, well, you're no different than I am. You know, and we've all heard that sometimes. That shouldn't be. We ought to be uh, different people. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian. Pray for the lost people in our community, that they will come to know Jesus Christ. Pray that they will hear the good news of Jesus Christ and respond to it in faith. And that's where we come in. We've got to share that gospel. They can't know. How will they know unless God sends someone? We have to go. Pray for more disciples of Jesus Christ to go out in this community and reach more people for him. We need workers in the field. Pray that God will send us workers. Pray for God's work to be done and for his help to do it. God is the one working. God is the one working his field. It is his harvest. It's his work. Pray that his help, he gets the help he needs to work in the field. And if we would do those kind of things, God would bless his church. He'd bless each one of us individually. Trust God to do his work. Trust him to empower us to work with him. Trust him to provide everything we need, including people, to accomplish the great work he has called us to do. I mean, I, I can look back in my life and I can see people that God uses, just plain old people. That's what he uses. People that are be humble enough and loving enough to work for him that he could uh, they, they see souls saved through them. That's what each one of us need to do. Pray for these things. The growth of the church depends upon our faithful prayers. Commit to praying to the Lord for the harvest, for more workers of the harvest. So I hope you got a little something out of that tonight. I told you it wouldn't be long. But uh, as I was reading this, I was going to do a lesson on the pool of Bethesda. And I will do that one again. I was studying on that. I was thinking about the crippled people laying around that pool on the porch there. Jesus walked through. You know, he, they would call for, the angel would come and stir the waters, and whoever could get in the water first, God would heal them. But the one man there, he wasn't able to get in the pool. He laid there for 30, he'd go there 38 years. 38 years he went there. No man to help him. Not, don't let that be said of our church, that there was no man that would help him in this church. Help each one. But Jesus walked across the porch and healed this particular man. And it doesn't say anything about it in the Bible, but the rest of them never even noticed that he was in their presence. We ought to recognize when Jesus is in the house. I can feel his presence. I can see him helping me tonight. Praise God that we have a place here to come and worship. And let us go out and do our part and tell others about Jesus Christ. I love each one of you, and I'm glad you're here tonight. And uh, turn it back over to Randy. Mm -hmm.